Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, on the occasion of his upcoming album, I sat down with singer-songwriter T. Wong. Over the course of his very short musical career, T. Wong has made it his mission to see what he can accomplish with his work. We discussed being respectful of your art, his process, taking advantage of the world around you, the disparity of support for different art scenes in Columbus, and treating your art like work and investing in yourself. You'll also hear a couple of tracks from his previous work and a new track off his upcoming album, The Upside Down. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Also, the Confluence Cast is on Patreon. Find out how to support this podcast on our website, theconfluencecast.com, or at patreon.com slash confluence. The Confluence Cast is sponsored this week by Art Makes Columbus, Columbus Makes Art, featuring stories about our city's incredible artists, stories full of inspiration, challenges, passion, and success. For videos, articles, an up-to-the-minute calendar of events, and an artist directory, visit columbusmakesart.com, the resource for all things arts and culture in the capital city. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here with T. Wong, local musician. T? That's, that's what people call me, actually. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. We've been having some pre-conversation. You have been doing music in Columbus, Ohio for three years. Yeah. How did you get going? So I began actually right after uh, law school, after the bar, to be quite clear. Okay. Um, after the bar, I started at a law firm here in town, and I just figured I didn't want to um, kind of waste the energy. And in, in high school, I used to be in a lot of musicals and things like that, and then I had some classical training for a period of time and had gotten some scholarships for music performance but okay I never took it up um, I took the academic to my other undergraduate institution so just kind of got that bug okay um, and so I met up with a conservatory here in town Dr. Roger Parrish and I just asked him would he be willing to just kind of sit with me while I you know just kind of dabbled okay um, and he plays about yeah, I might exaggerate on accident, but I think between like six and twin instruments. Okay. So we literally sat in his conservatory on a weekly basis for a period of time and just played. Just so do you feel like you treated it like a hobby at first or was it a creative <laughs> outlet for you? What what was sort of the motivation? That's a great question. I, I think it was more of a creative outlet. Okay. Um, I don't think I ever approached it as a hobby because I didn't want to necessarily be disrespectful to the art. Right. So it was more of a creative and more of a, I don't want to look back at 40 wishing that I had attempted something. Okay. Um, so it was always more of a, an exploratory that, that, that whatever that is, left side of your brain or whatever side of the brain that is. Um, and that, that's kind of how I started. Okay. Quick biography. Let's go through it. You're a graduate yeah. of Eastmore Academy. Mm-hmm. You're an alumna of the Ohio State University mm-hmm. degree in accounting. Criminology and political science. So a pre-law. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have your Juris Doctorate from mm-hmm. Capital University, passed the bar, and then you were working in corporate law, basically, mm-hmm. and said, I need to do something else in addition to this. Yes. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> that was a very good synopsis. With that introduction, I actually want to go, this is a little early on, but I want to go ahead and get into our first sampling because I want to talk about your work. Okay. Let's take a listen to Play Forever, the track off the album Journey. Tower decline in my rearview mirror. Oh, oh, oh. See the statement from the ocean of Atlantic as I fly on. Oh, oh, oh. Feel myself driving round and round the road to harness some straw. Just want to play on the rainforest floor. I just want to play forever. Play forever. Play Gliding past my front dash as I go on Touch the ivory pillars of the Taj Mahal As I walk on in the sun, yeah Hear the Muslim prayer crying from the old city, old city watch I walk by Fine is the breeze of Republic's love And I just want to play forever Play forever, play forever, yeah Play forever, play forever, play forever Play 
sitting back down here with T Wong. That was Play Forever from the album Journey. Can you talk about that song first of all? Yeah. So uh, Play Forever is uh, one of my favorite songs because it has a bit of classical instrumentation in it. Um, it takes more of a classical approach, upright bass, things like that. And so uh, Play Forever conceptually is about kind of living this life where you are just playing forever, as, almost as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my big things, uh, even in undergrad, was studying, I was big in comparative studies, so a lot of my coursework was in comparative studies, so cultures and religions. Okay. And so I love to travel to other countries and um, just kind of be in the culture. And so if you listen to the song, it actually give dynamics of places I've been and places that I want to travel. Okay. Um, and so it's kind of referencing each of those all the way through from the Eiffel Tower to Muslim prayer. And when I traveled to Israel, one of my most enlightening and moving moments was when um, the Muslim prayer was, was played at mm-hmm. certain times of the day. And because it pretty much resonated throughout the entire uh, area, mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of just this awe-inspiring moment. And so uh, it was reflecting on things like that that got me there. Um, and so I just had the opportunity to perform that song for CTV um, about two weeks ago. Okay. Um, and it was good to do it again. It was acoustic and um, yeah. calm, but uh, it's just, it was just a wonderful piece, and I still play it. And I want to get into the composition of your songs in a little bit, but tell me about how you write your songs. So that's interesting. So my general process is uh, just me um, as a singer-songwriter. And so I come up with these melodies or I hear these melodies um, generally when I'm driving. Um, Okay. I generally kind of don't have the radio on or depending on what time of day it is. And just the, um, the rhythm of the road will give me kind of uh, some kind of tempo or some kind of beat, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just kind of hear it. And so from there, I literally just kind of open my mouth and, and hum and, and sing, and then finally concepts a hit. Um, and so from there, I'll generally take it to group of producers or a producer, mm-hmm. um, and we'll talk about kind of what elements I hear and things like that, and we'll start to color it. Um, this this last project has been a lot different um, in a great way because this time this I, is your new album you're talking yes, about okay the new project coming out the upside down that process was more almost fifty fifty where I teamed up with a producer and we sat together on a weekly basis um, for almost nine months uh, and we approached each each day with elements of our own okay um, sometimes I would come in with the whole concept sometimes he would come in with the whole concept a lot of and, and so when you're going to them are you the lyrics are done already no okay well in journey it was journey songs were written melodies were were there okay same with dreaming in motion for the most part the upside down no um i actually went completely clean fresh mind fresh eye um and worked right there okay so how did you like the difference of those processes like working on your own because you are still having a producer sort of finish it for you mm-hmm. and so they're perfecting it crafting mm-hmm. it you know making it radio ready yeah how do you like the difference between those two processes in, in creating so they've both been very positive because the teams are are great okay um do you want to give shout outs here yes producer parker lewis of force and evergreens for the upside down okay great um and for journey uh, mr brandon chapman who's now on tour with um with Mr. Earl St. Clair out in L.A., um, okay. so they're opening for a few big acts, and Mr. Cedric Easton, um, who's now in New York, opening for a few um, acts out there and heading some of their arts organizations, and Mr. Jonathan Baker. Okay. Um, so those have all been producers for me in, in this in this short stint. Yeah. Um, but it was great with um, the latter that I mentioned um, in the sense that they were always very open to what I was bringing and always opening me up, even though I was bringing these full concepts or um, 50%, 60% concepts. Um, it was just more pressure because I had to come to the table with something because no one was like, this is what we're going to do. Right. Um, it was, what do you want? 
right. uh, versus with uh, Parker. Um, I call him Parks, but with Parker, it was this kind of joint pressure right. where we both kind of had to come with something or it was just nothing would exist. And so it kind of took that. Well, it's almost better off. in the earlier way that you were working. It's okay if the well goes dry because it's up to you when you yep. bring it to somebody else. Yep. And now it's like you're writing with a partner. There's sort of an expectation on you to do it. Yep. Do you feel as much ownership over this new work as you do the old work, given that you worked with Parker so closely? Yeah, um, I actually do, strangely enough, but I think it's because of Parker's okay. vibe. Uh, he's a very much, this is Tiwan, this is you, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't a dictatorship in the sense of, hey, T, this is what I have. It was, do you like this? Mm -hmm. And it was a, not really, why don't we change these elements? Or, nope, let's scratch it completely. I'm hearing this versus this. Um, and, and we had that open dialogue. So even when I would bring something, he would say, I don't know if that's going to work. You know, things like that. So I do feel the same sense of ownership. And it's probably because he Because uh, of he the way he open. works. Yeah, he right. kept that open. He didn't make it about him or any other or even about us he for. made it yeah. about you yeah he did that's great do you play instruments i do okay uh, i play the sax and i play with the guitar and piano i had a little bit of training okay what's interesting to me about the composition of your work at least the the tracks that i've heard is that they're very the backing track is almost facilitating your words and your voice and it is very melodic but it reminded me actually a lot of spoken word mm. because it can almost stand on its own but it's also very repetitive and it and it sort of is the background to your voice that's mm -hmm. the primary thing that you hear have you heard that before or not ever okay not ever that's why i'm just smiling. maybe i'm wrong no i don't think you're wrong i, I think that that's excellent that you have that interpret I, I love my my art to be interpreted okay so i'm not generally offended unless you just say it sucks then it's just like <laughs> i'm sorry to hear that certainly not but. that no it's fantastic <laughs> it's also why it's so surprising to me that you've done so much of the instrumentation yourself along with the words, but you're saying that the instrumentation tends to come first, right? Or the, the beat, the rhythm, the tempo. It, it, it does. And it's very interesting because I, unfortunately I'm not walking up to people saying, Hey, Hey, said, I need you to play these drums this way. It's more of a, I hear this da 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 da. And then it's, and they, then the guitar, and then, you know, Brandon, who plays the guitar significantly well, okay. um, he'll say, oh, I hear that more on the guitar. Or we'll say, maybe we'll try it on the piano. So it's a lot of, um, they actually informed me that it was kind of how Michael Jackson wrote his music. Okay. Um, he didn't necessarily play the instruments, but he would give vocally what he anticipated. I remember watching like 2020 interviews when I was a kid, and he would be like, this is how I do it. And it's very similar, actually, to how, at least from the interviews that I've seen, that, that Bruno Mars does it. And I didn't he's know like, that. it's sort of like, this is how we build this. Mm -hmm. So it's good that you can do that on your own, Michael it's Jackson weird. slash Bruno Mars. <laughs> so you are, I hope that I'm not outing you in any way, but you're 30 years old. Yes. You've only been doing this for like three years. Yes. You're so young at it, but you're an, I mean, you're an adult man. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Can you sort of talk about interacting with other musicians and sort of how you believe that your experience differs from theirs? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people who are at this game, first of all, they quit by the time you started mm -hmm. and they did it for 10 years and then gave up. Yeah. And at this rate, like you said earlier, you're going to be 40 before you give up. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a very great, uh, great question or um, prompt. Um, when it comes to other artists, I, I'm very open with my 
youthfulness in this industry. Okay. Um, and I think that might give me a leg up over some. I don't approach it as though I know anything. Okay. Um, to me, even in my notebooks and my journals that I have that I carry with me to sessions, um, I have like a glossary page. When people start speaking language that I don't understand, I ask them to define. Why Basically we're industry studio. terms and stuff yeah, like everything. that. Okay. Any and everything. Uh, even musically, there are, you know, certain things that I don't recall from, from my theory classes and things like that. So, so now where were you taking music theory? Um, it was actually at high school. Oh, so Eddie I was Smart. under I was under uh, Betty Betty Hill, who okay. is now in charge of all music overseas um, Columbus City Schools. Okay, great. Um, and so she was classically trained for a number of years. I think she received her higher ed from Capital. Okay, um, Capital's campus, their conservatory. Um, yes, right. And so uh, she trained me as a bass, and so in that you know you just kind of learn and, and playing instruments for so long I played instruments since I was in elementary school okay so a lot of the terms you know they, they come from the instruments I and then being with her um, she expected you to carry a certain level of excellence when you performed with her right so um and she's also the person who took us around the state to earn those scholarships and think well out of the state actually to, to earn those scholarships uh for vocal performance so okay is that uh, what got you into ohio state or no academics okay academics got me to ohio state okay so when i approach um other artists or when i see other artists i'm always very intrigued on their journey um and, and kind of what they what they have seen and what they've done um i think another part that that differentiates me from other artists is that I don't necessarily look at anyone's word as bond. Okay. So um, people will tell you, you know, I did this and it didn't work and I did this and it did work. And right. I, I don't necessarily take those as that's how it's going to be for me. Okay. Um, I gotcha. take it as a way. I thought you were uh, saying a lawyer thing there. No, like, <laughs> I don't believe it. What anybody no, no, says. no, 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 no. I definitely <laughs> believe their process, but I right. hold it to just their process. Okay. Um, so I think it gives me a different level of um, stamina. Uh, because I don't base it off of kind of how they succeeded or did not succeed. Um, okay. Even though I could probably think that that's all relative, however you define success. So um, I think that's one of kind of, those are a couple of things that kind of differentiate me on a, just, just kind of on a mental level. It's right. Kind of keeping those things. So you're playing out, right? Like I've seen a couple of live performances mm -hmm. for you. What aspect of this do you enjoy the most? Is it the recording? Is it the writing? Is, is it playing out and sort of performing your work? Yeah, um, I haven't figured that out yet. Okay, uh, because I love You're so new. <laughs> I lo yeah, <laughs> I, because I love the performance, but uh -huh. I I get extremely nervous. Okay, um, nervous to the point of um, almost vomiting. Right. So every time, no matter uh, how big the crowd, it could be a crowd of ten or a crowd of uh, five, seven hundred. Okay, two thousand. I don't know. Um, but I love the performance aspect. I just have to get in. Um, and once I'm in, I'm warm, I'm ready. But right. before that, being in the wing or being behind the stage or wherever, the, whatever the case is, I'm just, it's terrible. But it feels good when you're done, right? Oh, it feels great when you're done yeah. if you had a good performance. Yeah. Um, well. <laughs> um, but the, the songwriting, I'm actually loving that more. I would love to have the opportunity to work with um, more artists who, you know, um, who are either emerging or, or established um, mm -hmm. and kind of sitting in those sessions and helping with the writing of that. So um, it kind of depends on the day. I used to really hate the recording studio because I don't like to hear myself. Okay. Um, so that made it very, very difficult. My, my um, Vox or VOX, generally is how they label my stuff. Yeah. Um, they would be really low okay. <laughs> so that I couldn't hear myself. And I'm finally getting better at turning them up so I can actually hear when I'm actually doing and make sure it's translating the way that I'm thinking it's translating. Great. So... I'm still not, I haven't figured that out yet. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Let's take another quick break and listen to the Beard song off of the EP, Dreaming in Motion.
There is no feeling like the one I have now When my baby put those hands all on me Wow That girl got me buzzed And I can't even understand it and how She make my body respond to her grace and her style That girl got me buzzed I love it when she touch on my bed and my body And she wrap both her hands all around me mm-hmm. Baby girl, fill it up Baby girl, fill it up now Intrinsically touching I love it when she touch on my bed and my body And she wrap both her hands all around me mm-hmm. Baby girl, fill it up Baby girl, fill it up now, intrinsically touching. So the question is how long I can go without my lady. Man, I don't know. Food for my soul So what would I do if you were not there? How would I be if you did not share? What's my persona if you did not care? How would I see if you did not stare? Woo! That girl got me buzzed I love it when she touch on my bed and my body And she wrap both her hands all around me mm-hmm. Baby girl, fill it up Baby girl, fill it up now, intrinsically touching. I love it when she touch on my bed and my body. And she wrap both her hands all around me. Mm-hmm. Baby girl, fill it up. Baby girl, fill it up now. I want to know if you feel me like I'm part of you, girl. I want to see. If you feel like you're a part of me, I wanna hold unto your essence like the blessing it be. Could it be that you're intrinsically a part of me? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it when she touch on my bed and my body And she wrap both her hands all around me Baby girl, fill it up Baby girl, fill it up now Intrinsically touching I love it when she touch on my bed and my body And she wrap both her hands all around me whoa, 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 whoa. Baby girl, fill it up Baby girl, fill it up now, touching. Again, that was the Beard Song off the EP, Dreaming in Motion. Sitting down here with T. Wong. You're an attorney. You're mm-hmm. a full-time attorney. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about sort of how you establish like that work-creativity balance? Yeah. Um, it lately has been coined as this um, Bruce Wayne persona. Okay. Uh, kind of that Batman situation. Um, I, I don't approach it... I don't think I approach it any differently than anyone else does in general life. So okay. um, you go to work and then, you know, 
you have to go to the grocery store, then you just go to the grocery store. If you right. if you have children, you know, then you go pick up your kids or you go to whatever event they may have. Um, or if you have a creative outlet or or vice versa. Um, or if you play video games. Yeah. Or if, you if you're a gamer. Yeah. Drink. Yeah, so I look at like, absolutely, right. <laughs> even though some might be doing that on the job, I'm, I'm not. Okay. But um, I kind of look at it the same uh, where I just do what's required at the time. Um, there are times when, for instance, when I'm getting ready to release a project or working on a new project, I will carve out windows so that I'm not bleeding between business, legal business and right. artistry. Um, okay. And that's really for my creative sanity um, because I, I think for most artists, if you're in the midst of something that can translate in, into your recording, whatever way, vocal or instrumentation. Right. Um, and so I try to keep myself very clear of the legal side of things so that I don't carry that type of energy with me into the studio or into the sessions. OK. Um, so generally, um, I'm kind of just kind of going with the flow of things. I, I consider myself and I could be completely wrong um, to be mostly organic. So kind of just however the wind is going. OK. Um, but if there's but you're trying to control that wind a little bit too. I, I, I don't say i control it i say i try to take advantage of it okay so uh, i try to turn my parasail or whatever object to the direction in which the wind is coming so that i can get some lift okay um and that, that's kind of how i look at it um but when there are big moments in music or in law i try to shut down a little bit one of the areas so that they don't collide okay so that i'm giving full attention to clients or i'm giving full attention to to the art and to the teams that are working with me so no one feels slighted and to be clear you've done two full albums once we get two months from now you mm -hmm. will have done two full albums mm -hmm. and an ep over the course of three years right yeah that's pretty productive i mean like that's a lot especially for somebody who hasn't been doing music in, in any sort of formal way yeah. in eight years uh i would say probably about 10 okay yeah 10 to 11 actually yeah so from there's your compliment then, i guess yeah. thank you <laughs> <laughs> talk about some of the other columbus musicians that either you've worked with or that people should check out so i'll start with the people to check out um because I, I'm not around a lot, so it's easy okay. to kind of know who I actually do get the chance to listen to. Um, Renee Dion is a phenomenal artist. She's been around uh, for a while. Um, she's done some work in New York, some work in Chicago, things like that. Um, and then she came back to Columbus and made it kind of her base. Okay. Um, Forest and the Evergreens, I cannot cannot leave them out obviously mm -hmm. um i think they just had a huge show a couple like, like a week ago but mm -hmm. they've been kind of on some small tours here and there uh, doing great work uh, jonathan baker who's a musician i'm mean, a producer for some um larger artists uh and for himself he's he's incredible um god i wish i had known that was coming i would have wrote down like a list no it's okay, all right now now i just feel bad because somebody's gonna be like oh you forgot to show me talk about me right 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 um those those three and they're all different genres yeah um so those three right literally off the top of my head um i own each of those projects all of their projects um uh, Kristen, Kristen gray um he got picked up i believe by akon okay um i i have his projects he's, i think he's a great sound um great artistry as far as original artists those are who i can think of just yeah, yeah. off the top of my head well, who, we'll have links to all those oh, people veda veda azim okay um, he's a hip-hop artist he's been around for a, a minute and he just released a new project nicks for 20 or 20 for nicks something okay like, i don't i'm about to mess it up sorry veda no that's but, all right um, we will have links great. to all those people and artists in awesome. the show notes as well awesome. So talk about, you're, again, a Columbus guy, Eastmore, OSU, mm -hmm. Capital. Mm -hmm. You're an attorney, mm -hmm. becoming an established musician here. Why do you, well, first of all, what do you like about Columbus? Oh, it's so, your home. 
Yeah, it is. It is home. But I, I really enjoy the mobility of Columbus. And so okay. when I say that, I mean the cost of living um, and the ability to commute in and out of Columbus. So mm-hmm. though we are, we're not a, like a major port hub yet, um, at least on the on the on the personal side, I guess mm-hmm. we are on the commercial side. Anywho, um, that aspect is great. So when I go to New York and I'm in New York or like L.A., um, it's great to be in those environments. Because are I you do, recording here? I am recording here. Okay. I'm re- I record at uh, Vons, Vons okay. Music Studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, they're great in the sense of their, ener- of its, their energy um, and kind of what they give you when you're just in that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to actually being able to operate in those cities, unless you're at a certain level financially or even industry-wise, right. it's, it's kind of difficult. Um, in Columbus, I don't really have that type of issue. Um, you know. You, you work. Studio time costs this much and yeah. it's okay. And this is what it is. Right. It's reasonable. Um, and when it comes to being able to travel to these different locations, it's much easier um, because you have you have a few dollars that you can save and store and you know, you're know you not paying $20,000 for 500 square feet, you know, right. all that kind of stuff. Right. So um, that's one of the main reasons, a couple of the main reasons I stay. Okay. Um, I also am anticipating the artistic boom that is here. Okay. Um, I don't know what that will look like. Um, I think it looks better for certain arts and certain genres. Um, but Talk I'm, about that. I'm, I, uh, well, I think when it comes to more urban music genres, I don't think that we've seen necessarily the same support as other genres have. Mm-hmm. I think my support... Uh, which I'm grateful for, for GCAC, uh, for Columbus Makes Art Campaign, for Lincoln Theater, things like that. I think my support is probably because my art is a little more blended. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not so heavy one way or the other. Uh, but other artists who I know who are phenomenal um, on a lot of different, in a lot of different genres, they have a, a more difficult time kind of getting that back and getting that support as well as myself. Okay. Um, but I do notice um, more the rock scene. Uh, they seem to get a lot of support. It's, it's pretty easy to get into the bigger festivals and things like that, depending on obviously your, your, your status in that, in your artistry. Let me, ch- and I'm not challenging you, but no. I want to ask a challenging question. Mm-hmm. I guess, why do you think that is? Uh, Again, I think we are a very conservative city. Okay. Um, and so in conservative, even with music, um, I think certain sounds are just more accepted. Pop, mm-hmm. rock, uh, things like that. I think um, that's where probably the money base is. I think mm-hmm. when it comes to urban sound, R&B, soul, uh, things like that, hip hop, I think there's a negative connotation probably associated with it. Okay. Um, just from media. Uh, and so I don't know if there's a presumption that it's going to tilt south or if it's not able to generate the same amount of revenue or the same type of following and unfortunately i think that's um, well let me put words in your mouth a little bit it's <laughs> please <laughs> we're, we're this is an audio format and i would like to introduce an idea you're a black man yes uh and <laughs> it is perceived as black music mm-hmm. right absolutely um there was a whole lot of press kept well there was some very particular press coverage a couple of years ago about why isn't there hip hop at Comfest? Mm-hmm. It was like two years ago. Okay. And in fact, then the following year, they, it was in the Columbus Live, the following year, then they praised the amount of hip hop that they had brought on. Independence Day, I think, had a little bit of trouble at first sort of accepting that. And I don't think it was a, certainly not an issue of racism and mm-hmm. certainly not an issue of, quote unquote, we don't want that here. Right. But it's being put together by a bunch of 25-year-old white guys. Right. They don't work with those artists, and they don't right. know those artists. And that, so they made, at least from the outside looking in, a concerted effort to do outreach to those communities. 
I know certainly with our partnership with GCAC, they're steering a whole lot of minority art our way. Mm -hmm. Um, I would invite listeners to go back and listen to, while it is over now, go back and listen to Scott Woods talking about Holler 30 and and what the impetus was for that. Mm -hmm. Are there other things that Columbus can do better? From an artistic standpoint, I presume. Let's go at it all. (laughs) I got time. Um, uh, You know, I'm not one to ever say I have the answer for anything. Okay. Um, But from an artistic standpoint, um, I think there are there are several angles. So there, um, there's there's kind of the corporate industrial level, and there's kind of the uh, I want to say parishioner kind of supporter level. Okay. So um, simply on the on the supporter level, it is that just be be actually supportive. Okay. Um, You know, you 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 are out and around town, and people see you and they recognize you for whatever your brand is whomever you are you know that you know they, they say they love you or whatever the case is but your sales are low okay um, or your your media interactions are low and I don't think that people recognize from a brand perspective in order to get on those larger platforms those little things album sales um, media content mm-hmm. numbers they all matter that's what billboard is looking at that you know that's what all these places are looking at before they invite you onto these different major festivals or um into a grammy showcase or something like that so they're looking that at doesn't sound things. like a columbus problem to me <laughs> um it's only a columbus problem when columbus claims to support i see in that sense okay so it's more of a educational forum you know right um, if you like the music really support the music in that sense and not right. a go buy my music um but just like the page you, right. know, you, you may not ever interact but if everyone who's who's exposed to the music really enjoys it if they just take 30 seconds to go to each artist's page that they like right. and like it you could be so much higher because columbus is a sm- smaller market and so it's easier to kind of build that momentum and that namesake and again they may not interact every day uh, which that's a whole nother level but you know just that initial step of Actually, I do like that artist. Um, I do see that they put out flyers here and there or whatever the case is. Let me go right. ahead and interact in this way. Um, and that's free. You know, it's not, you right. know, don't spend $20 on my product. It's your own Facebook or your own Twitter or your own Instagram. If you see, you know, if you see me fly through, you know, maybe think about following it, you know. But I get it. You know, you don't appreciate everybody's brand. So. I, I love, by the way, that you keep referring to it as a product, a project, or a brand. And you never oh. say the word album. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. It's good. No, I like it. I like it a lot. Any shows that you want to talk about that are coming up? Um, actually, yes, there is one show that I'm having coming that I'm feature on. And it, it's the Roost Performance, uh, April 21st at 7 p.m. at the Replenish Spa Co-op. Okay, um, cool. And there will be a link to at least that Facebook event page in the show notes for this episode. One last thing. It seems to me as though, and I admire this absolutely, you sort of, you're working as an attorney in sort of a, you're successful enough at this point that you, you know, your days are full, as full as you want them to be in terms of being an attorney. Or too much. <laughs> How do you view your music at this point? Is this another career step for you? Are you working aspirationally? Mm-hmm. As we talked about, you know, people with creative outlets in the past, there are certainly people that go out there work a nine to five job and then go out and do community theater five nights a week. Mm -hmm. I don't think those people are working in a way that they're like, okay, after this, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do a series of commercial auditions in Mm -hmm. New York city. You've sort of talked in that way. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're doing? Um, Essentially, yes. Okay. Uh, for me, I, it might be both a blessing and a curse, but once I kind of set my mind to something, okay. I really want to see it reach its maximum potential. Okay. Uh, and Can so, you give examples of that? I uh, guess I'm just curious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you mean just in general life? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, law. 
Okay. I didn't anticipate doing law at all. Um, I graduated, I was on my last semester of college and realized, mm-hmm. or last quarter at the time of college, and realized that I had nothing else to do. Okay. And so I took some You didn't have a plan? Nope, 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 no. I'm not a planner. I'm t- actually, I'm bad at that. Okay. Um, I'm a executor. Got it. So once it's there, then it'll get done. But I'm not behind scenes thinking of all these grandiose ideas and plans. Um, so with law school, it was more of a, um, hey, I have a quarter or two left, and I'm about to be working at wherever for the rest Friends of my life. Friends are talking about grad school. Yeah, Friends are talking everything. about going to get a job. So um, took that, and instead of just um, going to law school, um, I maximized in the sense of I became like a lieutenant governor for the American Bar Association. So I was traveling to those things. Okay. Um, I was ahead of different associations at the law school. Um, I was interning for different entities throughout the throughout the city and kind of the federal government. Um, so kind of taking it all the way there, so I could see what the what the top could look like, essentially, okay. um, of my own career. Now talk about music. So music. Uh, started it as, like we said, kind of that expression, trying to make sure that I don't regret anything right. uh, in the long run. And it went from um, being in studio uh, with in a conservatory studio to working with artists and producers who have worked with Grammy Award winning artists and, and producers. Okay. Um, and instead of just stopping there and saying, you know, it's been a great ride. Thank you for the experience. Right. Allowing the momentum to take its own. Um, and so now I feel like I'm playing catch up to my own brand. Um, didn't anticipate people really enjoying it or uh-huh. wanting to see more in the positive or negative way. But once I noticed it, it was more of a here's how we do it. And so when I say I, I, I do it in a more intentional or um, trying to see the full capacity, my days aren't, uh, unfortunately, they aren't go grab a mic and sing. Right. They are, I'm meeting with PR, I'm meeting with engineers, I'm meeting with producers, I'm meeting with graphic designers. This is your second job. This is, this is it's, a completely sec- it's a completely different career. Right. Um, and I have teams on both sides. Uh, and so I have these meetings and I, you know, throughout the night, management out in Arizona, things like that, really trying to come up with concepts and figure out where we're going and what the aspirations are uh, and what are what's best strategy. Uh, just came back from Chicago and Gary for an album cover shoot instead okay. of being in Columbus because Columbus at, the, at this time doesn't offer um, various and diverse scenes outside Mm -hmm. when you go to major cities you know or little cities that no one really goes to then you get these kind of nuanced areas things like that so um being okay with investing in yourself Mm -hmm. i mean recognizing that it may it may flourish and recognize that it may not but um, as a client told me uh, if it doesn't flourish, you just have one hell of a time going back down to rock bottom well and you certainly learn yeah yeah absolutely we're gonna wrap everything up with a new track from the upcoming album the upside down the title of that album is indeed inspired by stranger things the netflix series yeah that we will link in the show notes <laughs> t wong stefan thomas thank you so much for coming in thank you thank you for having me thank you to gcac columbus makes art thank you thank you to confluence cast for having me on here. oh yeah that's who i am yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely my uh, name's tim by the way uh, yeah mr fulton is you go by tim or you go by mr fulton just tim just tim just, just <laughs> thank mr. you to fulton tim. when yeah. i'm substitute teaching all right cool mr wrong thank you absolutely I'm on cloud nine. Come and see me. Come and meet me in the air. Come and meet me anywhere. I'm everywhere. History. 
Thank you for listening to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite musician. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week. <laughs>